0: Now go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. Let me just say this. This, this study tonight, was we know last week, was pretty theological. It was pretty tough. It was talking about, about payment for sin and forgiveness of sins and all this stuff. And we called it the cross of Christ in the eternal life salvation. Well, tonight's lesson, if you look at the title, is the cross of Christ in Christian life salvation. And this one is going to be different. I'm going to teach this. Actually, I'm going to like, teach it twice. And I'll show you what I mean as we get into it. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 6. Let me get, remind you uh, of what we've done. Over these weeks, we started out with uh, the, the truth dealing with salvation. And we looked at reconciliation and being saved three times and, and eternal life. And then we got into the Christian life. And we looked at uh, loving God and loving others and rewards and the whole idea of giving and sacrifices and, and all. We just saw so much really good stuff. Last week was, I think, really theological. I mean, it's pretty tough. And so if you got last week's, and I think most of you did, I think you've, you've seen some things that are pretty amazing when you think about it. How many people would tell you that when Je- if Jesus died and paid for your sins and you believe that he paid for your sins, you're saved? Most people say, but this is, the truth is we're not believing that Christ paid for our sins for salvation I mean, we believe that he did. We understand he died and rose again because that payment for sin has made it possible. But salvation comes by what? By faith, not by the payment of sin. So there were some some deep things last time. Well, in this lesson, we're going to deal with the cross of Christ, dealing with the Christian life, salvation. And here's the question. We know that if we said, what is the cross? How does the death and resurrection deal with our eternal life salvation, we'd say, well, Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. Well, how does Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, how does that, how does Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, how does that deal with our Christian lives? Do you realize that in the same way that the cross deals with our salvation, eternal life salvation, the cross of Jesus Christ deals with our Christian life salvation. You may say, well, I don't know if I've ever heard that. But it is true, and we're going to see it tonight. In fact, I'm going to, do, I'm going to, I'm going to write on the board a little bit more than normal. It's, it's going to be up here, too, so you can see it. I just want you to see the flows and so how it all uh, goes together. Now, think about this. What do we do? What do we do when we sin? What do we do? Well, first of all, don't tell me any of your sins. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, here's how I sin. But anyway, no, when we sin, what are we supposed to do? We we say that's right. And so we think that the Christian life is, you know, you sin and you confess it. And he says, if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. But here's the question. Is the Christian life, is the Christian life to be ongoing sinning and confessing? Is the Christian life that, okay, I sin, okay, I confess it. Oh, okay, I sin, okay, I confess it. And it's, it's, but is that the way we're supposed to live? Is it continually that we're sinning and confessing it? And we say, now, what we do know is that the moment we sin, what are we supposed to do? Confess it. So I want you to think about this. Is, 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 what happens here? We're going to find that in Romans chapter 6, 6, 7, and 8, but we're going to deal with chapter 6 tonight, that Paul talks about victory in the Christian life, and guess what? He never mentions confession of sin. And he tells us how to have victory. Now, we'd say, okay, here's what we do. And how to have victory is if we were to sin, we confess it. And then we're going to sin, so we're going to confess it. Paul, Paul you know what Paul says? He says, don't sin. In fact, he says, stop sinning. And we're going to look at it and we're going to see how it all ties together. The victory in the Christian life. The cross of Christ gives us the victory in our Christian lives. And you say, what are you talking about? Because we know the cross of Christ gives us eternal life salvation because he died and rose again and paid for sin. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. But we're going to see that the cross of Christ also gives us the victory in the Christian life. And we're going to see based on our union with Christ And his death and resurrection gives us the victory, okay? Now, we're going to see that. Some of you know this. I've taught this in other courses. You've had some other courses by me. You say, oh, I I know that. I know how that fits together. But some of you are saying, I've never heard this. And so we're going to see it. And I think you'll go, wow, I've never seen this before. Let me give you the outline. We're going to look at three big things tonight. We're going to start with our union with Christ. Our union with Christ. We're going to talk about because this is the key. The key is that we are in union with Jesus Christ. We'll talk more about it in a second. The second thing is we're going to look at Romans chapter 6 and we're going to do something different than I normally do. We're going to start with an overview. I'm going to give you a big overview of Romans chapter 6. Then we're going to go back after I give you the big overview and you have it. I'm going to go back and give you the details of Romans chapter 6. And then at the end of Romans chapter 6, there's a charge, and it's a charge for every one of us, okay? And then last, we're going to go back over three key words that are all the way through this thing so that... When I talk to you, and I, I mean I can just say, what's this? What's this? What's this? And you'll be able to do it. Okay? Does everybody have the three? Just remember, our un- We're gonna we're gonna go through it, of course. So our union with Christ, Romans six, the overview, the details on the charge, and the three key words. A review. Now this, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw my famous drawing because yeah, okay. And this that's the body. And this is the soul, and this is the conscience, and this is the flesh. I'll fill in the rest later. This at this point, this would be an unbeliever, and then I'm going to write some other stuff over here. So I just want you to see it. I'm going to try to be visual. I sort of a lot, lot of times visual things help me since I, I I read real well, but I have dyslexia. I can't write, so uh, some visual things sometimes make, I go, oh, I got it now. And and so let's 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 look at this. Let's look at. Our union with Christ. What do we mean by union with Christ? When we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, we are placed in union with him. Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore any man be what? In Christ, he's a new creation. I'm gonna draw something up over here. Here's the cross, and this is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is called the what? The church, okay, right. Okay, the moment you believe, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, who died and rose again and you're in Him for eternal life, you're placed in Christ. You're placed in union with Jesus Christ. You're connected with Him. Now, you may not understand that, but, but whenever you believed in Christ for eternal life, whether you were 12 or 9 or 2 weeks ago, or when you were 17, whatever, the moment you believed in Him... You actually were placed in Christ and you're in union with Christ. This is called, and this is going to surprise some of you, this is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues and some kind of special deal. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when God places us in Christ. Look, it says, this is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, for by one Spirit we were all baptized. That means in union, that means placed in union into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. The moment you believe in Christ, He actually places us in Jesus Christ, that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know people; you've heard people say other things, but First Corinthians, that's First Corinthians, twelve, verse thirteen. By one Spirit, we are all placed in union. That's what the word "baptized" means. The word "baptized" "baptizo" means to identify or to be in union. It actually means to dip. It was used in in the first century. That if you had like red dye and a white cloth, and you dipped it down in there, and you brought it up, it's now red. You dipped it, but it is now identified with the red. That's what baptism is. When you believed in Jesus Christ, guess what? You were placed in Christ Now, we talk about baptism, and often when we talk about baptism, we're talking about water baptism. We're talking about a mode of baptism in which a person, after they believe in Jesus, they say, I'd like to get baptized. And so we take them out there, and we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and I bring them down and up, which is symbolic of them dying and rising again with Christ. Because our baptism, our union, is in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let me just show you something. This is, and we're going to get to it a lot more in a little bit, but you understand that when you believed in Jesus Christ, you're connected with Jesus, and when Jesus died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he rose... You rose, and we're going to show you more of it in just a few minutes. Okay, so in th- this is what happened. So, think about this Jesus died. Guess what? We died. Jesus was buried. You were buried. When Jesus rose to a new life, we rose to a new life. Now, that happens the moment you believe. It's as if, and this is just the weirdest thing, but it's as if that when you believe in Christ, God takes you back, and when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, you were identified in his death, burial, and resurrection to a new life. That's what we have. Look at this right here. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Our identification with Jesus said, having been buried with him in baptism, in union with him, in which you were also raised up, with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. So when Jesus died and rose again, guess what? You died and rose again. That's why when we baptize somebody, it's symbolic. It's, they have already, the moment that person believed in Jesus, they died and rose again with Christ. Our baptism is a picture telling everybody that this person died and rose again with Christ. That's for every one of us in this room. So if you have believed in Christ that I know you have, you have trusted in him, you actually have already died, were buried, and rose again to a new life. That's what our union is. So we are buried with Christ. We, by By being in Christ, we actually died and rose with him. Okay, do you all understand that? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's mystical in the sense that God says, You got to count this as true that you died and rose again with Christ to a new life. That's why you are now a new what? Creation. Why? Because you died and rose again as a new what? New person. You're a new person. That's what this thing is all about. Okay, now get ready. Let me turn, let me see if the page, so we died and rose again. Now, here's number, the big number two, Romans chapter six. So I hope you're all in Romans chapter six. And we're going to look at three things, an overview, the details, and the charge. Okay, and I'm going to show you some things. And I've taught this a, a number of times. And every time, I keep, I just keep being excited about what this is. Now, let me just tell you, if I would apply this in my life, I'd be a really holy guy. I'd be righteous. I'd be, I'd be living the way I should be living. I don't always apply this. If, you, if we in this room applied the truths from Romans chapter 6, dealing with the cross of Jesus Christ and the fact that we died and rose again with him to a new life, if we would apply that in our lives, we would have great victory in our Christian lives. Okay, so let's see what he's got to say. We're going to look first at the overview, okay? And then we're going to come back and we're going to get the details. There are three key words in this overview that we need to know or that we need to understand. The three words are to know. What's the next one? Consider. Consider. And what's the last one? Present. Present. Those three words are the key to the Romans chapter 6. You may have studied the book of Romans before. You may have looked at the truths before. But maybe you've never put this together. If you put this together tonight, it's going to change your life. If, you will make, if, if me and you will make application in this, it'll change our lives. Okay, so he says no. We're going to find in verse 3 and verse 6, he says know something. In verse 11, he's going to say consider something. And in verse 13, 16, and 19, he's going to talk about presenting. Okay, now are you ready? Get ready. Know what? Know that we died and rose with Christ and sin is defeated. So I'm going to write this here. Know that we died and rose again with Christ and sin is defeated. That's two aspects. One and two. We're going to come back to it. What do we know? We know what? We died and rose again with Christ. Did we? And sin is defeated. We'll talk about it in a second. Consider, consider ourselves dead to sin, alive in Christ. And this, when we understand it more in just a minute, you're going to go, "Wait a minute! Wow!" So, con- no, we died and rose again with Christ, and that sin is defeated. And consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive in Christ. And then, number three, present your body. Let's just put body to God for victory. Okay? So, what's the three words? Know, consider, present. What do we know? We died and rose again with Christ and sin is defeated. What do we consider? We're dead to sin and alive in Christ. What do we present? Ourselves to God for victory. Okay? Now, you're going to see this as we go through the book, okay, as we go through. Let's look at Romans chapter 6. I'm going to pull this over here for a minute. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Now, this is going to be, we're going to go fast through this. This is the overview. We're going to go details in just a little bit. Here's the overview. He says in verse 3, Do you not what? No, what's the key? No, do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized, that means placed in union into Christ, have been baptized into his what? His death. Death. And then what is he going to say? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism identification into his death. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, been de- Baptized into his death. Therefore, we've been buried with him. Okay, that's death. What? Burial. And then what's the next part? That we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We were identified in Christ's what? Death, burial, resurrection. We walked a new life, right? Did you die and rise again with Christ? He says, don't you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? Okay, so we died and rose again with Christ. And, and, and then he says, we were buried with him, and we rose again to a new life. And then he goes on. Look at verse 6. Here's the other no. Knowing this, that our old self, what's our old self called? The, flesh. the flesh. It's also called sin. Sin within us. Know that our old self, our flesh, was crucified with him. What does crucified mean? Put to... Death. Okay, now watch. Knowing that our old self, our old self, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be done away with. The word done away with means not active, not powerful, so that we'd no longer be slaves to sin. Is sin defeated? He says, do you not know you died and rose again with Christ to a new life? Do you not know that you died to sin? That sin has been crucified? That it has been put to death? That means the flesh has been put to death. Does it still work in your life? It does. So it doesn't mean it's gone. It just means you don't have to obey your flesh. Why not? Why not? Because you know that you what? You died and rose again with Christ to a new life, and this flesh has been put? Put to death. Now, you got to grasp this, because this is a little bit hard, but you got to grasp it. So, here's what we find. Here's the first thing. This is what we know. We know that we die with Christ, we were buried with Him, we raised from the dead to walk in the newness of life, and we know that our old self, our old man, our flesh... Sin in us was crucified. Now, crucified means put to death. That doesn't mean it's gone. It means it's rendered where it doesn't have to have power over us. And I'll show you how that works in just a few minutes. So, we died and rose again with Christ and has been crucified. Look at this. We died and rose with Christ to a new life, and our old man has been put to death. Now, let's go over here. This is us. As a believer, we got what? The human spirit. That's the part that's born again. That's the new creation in Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us, right? Here's that flesh, right? What happened to that flesh when we believed in Jesus Christ? We died and rose again to a new life or a new creation. What happened to this flesh? It's, it's, what happened to it? It died. Let's put it, let's put it over here. Then Died doesn't mean gone. It means the power is broken it means you don't have to obey your flesh you don't have to we're going to see it we're going to keep going I'm going to give you more details you'd say well wait a minute I go through life I have a choice to either live how in the power of the or the power of the do you have to obey the flesh no you don't why because it's dead it's been broken it, it's been crucified it's been put to death You are a new person in Christ. Don't you know that you died and rose again with Christ to a new life? Don't you know that the old man has been put to death so we don't have to obey the flesh? Okay, do we got this so far? Do you see it? Now, you may not believe it yet, you know, and we may not live it out yet. Now, what's the second word? Consider. Consider. Now, look what he says in verse 11. He says, so consider yourselves what? To be dead to sin and alive to God. Okay, dead to sin. What's sin? What is the sin there? It's not sins. He didn't say dead to sins. He said dead to sin. What's sin? The flesh. He said, do you consider? That means count as true. Count as true that you're dead to this right here and alive in Christ. Are you alive in Christ? Aren't you a new creation in Christ? Is this dead to you? Did it die? Has the power been broken? He says you need to know this. You already know that you died and rose again with Christ. You already know that the flesh has, is dead, so to speak. He says now what you got to do is consider this to be true, that you died to sin and you're alive in Christ. Are you? Okay. All right. So far, we, we're doing good. We're doing good. And he actually tells us something. He says, therefore, stop. Don't let sin reign in your body. If you died to sin, look what he says in verse 12. Therefore, since this is true, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. What is he saying? Stop doing this sin. He said, don't let this rule your life. Can you still obey the flesh? Yes. Do you have to obey the flesh? No, because why? Because it was crucified and you died to it. You don't have to obey it. Do you obey the flesh every day sometimes? I do. Do I have to? No. He says, listen, know this. You died and rose again to a new life. Know this, that it's been put to death. So consider the fact that you are dead to this and you're alive in Christ. Okay. We got one more word, don't we? We got one more word. And it's present. I'll put this here. Know that we died and rose again to a new life. Our old selves put to death. Consider ourselves dead to sin, alive to God. Here's present. Look at verse 13. That's at really the top of page 3. Here's what he says. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to who? To God. As those who are what? what? Are we new creations? Alive from the dead? And your members as instruments to God. You know what he says? Don't go on serving this. Present yourself to this. You say to God, I want you, Lord, to use me. This way says, I want the flesh to use me. Do you present yourself to the flesh or do you present yourself to the spirit? What do we supposed to do? What does he say to do? He says, from now on, Present yourself to God within you. If you present yourself to the flesh, what do you get? If you present yourself to God, what do you get? Righteousness. Now here's what he said, and this is the overview. Every one of us in this room Don't we know that we died and rose again with Christ to a new life and that this old sin thing has been put to death? Therefore, we need to actually count as true that we're dead to sin and alive in Christ and we need to stop letting ourselves be controlled by the flesh because we don't have to and we need to present ourselves to God so we can have victory. That is the message. Watch. No, our old self was put to death in Christ and we're free from the power of sin in our lives. Do you realize you're free from the power of sin? Consider ourselves dead to sin, alive in Christ. Realize who we are. We don't have to obey the flesh. Present, present ourselves to God and not to the flesh so we can have righteousness and life. Now we could stop right there because that's the chapter. That's not the details. That's the big overview. And so let me say it to you simply. He says in this passage, you got to know you died and rose again with Christ to a new life and that sin has been dead to you. And you need to consider that. You need to think that it's true, that you no know longer, that you're dead to sin, but you're alive in Christ. So stop presenting yourself to your flesh, which results in sin, but present yourself to God, which results in victory and righteousness. That's, the, that's it. And that all goes back to what? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you died and rose again with him. Now let's stop for a second. Do you have any questions before we look at the details? Yes. Sorry, Rebecca. Did you did you have to sin before though? If okay, yeah, good point. Before salvation, yeah, okay. Before salvation, I'm gonna I'm going to erase this. The question is, did we have to sin before before salvation? We had a body, a soul, a conscience, and a flesh. The power we have to live as an unbeliever is what? The flesh. Though we might try to do good things as an unbeliever, but it's still ultimately the motive ultimately comes back to the flesh. We might have a conscience tells us right from wrong, and sometimes we do the right thing. We have a soul which relates to the world around us, but we are spiritually dead. Because as we're dead in trespass and trespassing sins, we do not have the capacity to serve God. And ultimately, the only thing we ultimately can do is sin. So as an unbeliever, you might could do some good things. But that's still, it's not meritorious in any way, shape, or form. Because the righteousness of man is what? Filthy rags. So, you can't, you know, so the, the only power we ultimately had as an unbeliever is the flesh. And that's why there's no unrighteous, no, not one. There's not one that seeks God. And All of the passages that talk about how we're sinful, and all we like sheep have gone astray, each one our own way. There's no unrighteous. All, why? Because this is so, technically, as an unbeliever, there's nothing you could do to ever please God. Because the flesh never pleases God. Romans chapter 7 and 8 tells us that the flesh itself is contrary to God and never seeks to please God. Does that make sense? Does that help? And, and, it, and... I can hear you. How do you wrap your head around people that maybe still live in depression or anger or pride? Like they can't shake it or they won't shake it? Okay. Well, as you know, as a believer, first of all, we have the human spirit, which is the part that's born again. So we are a new creation. Second, we have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. But. You have a battle. That's why Galatians says, "For the flesh lusts against the spirit, spirit against the flesh. They're contrary, one to another. So you may not do the things you wish." There is a battle going on inside of every believer, and we come into this world with all, with sin and hang-ups and flesh and everything else. And we still have this, and we will have this as long as we're alive in these bodies until He changes it. So we're gonna always have a battle with. Now, here's the key. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I sin and I confess. Paul says, listen, first of all, just remember this. He says, know that you died and rose again and you're a new person and that you don't have to listen to this anymore, that you need to consider that you're dead to this and alive to him. And therefore, don't present your body to the flesh, present your body to the spirit. And that's how he says we have victory. There's always be a pull. There's going to always be a battle going on in our lives. And you all admit it, right? That Paul says the things I want to do I what I don't do and the things I don't want to do I do. He says I'm a wretched man. Do you consider yourself wretched in some places, some ways? Yes. Now, you are a new creation in Christ. You are a child of God. You are one who has been saved and saved forever. So we're new people, but we still have that pull. What Paul is trying to tell us is you need to understand you don't have to fail. You don't have to obey the flesh let me give you this example and and because i've got i had saved it for later but let me give it to you now when i coached at mississippi state i worked for coach bob tyler he was the head football coach and athletic director i worked there for eight years before i resigned and got ready to go to seminary okay if coach tyler said go out on the field what did i do i went out on the field okay but let's say that i quit working at mississippi state for coach tyler and i'm in town and I get a phone call from Coach Tyler. And he says, JB. I said, hey, Coach Tyler. He said, I need you to come out on the field. What could I say? I'll be there in a few minutes. Could I, could I go and do it? Yeah. Now, do I have to go do it? I don't work for him anymore. Guess what? You don't work for this anymore. And when the flesh says, look over there, do this, think this, what you can say is, I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to obey you. I don't work for you anymore. I'm dead to you, and you're dead to me. I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. I can have victory because I can live in the power of the Holy Spirit and not the flesh. I died and rose again to a new life. This is what he's saying. So when the flesh pulls you, you know what you can say? I don't work for you anymore. Because before we, before we believe... This is what we had. This is who we worked for, the flesh, the natural man. natural man can't even know one always understand the things of God. Okay, is this making sense? Okay, let's get details, and I'll go a little faster because I've done, done some good, good details. But look, look at chapter 6 again. Go back to verse 2 because the question comes up, and this is a great question. If Jesus died and rose again, and you've trusted Him, and you have eternal life, and you're saved forever... What does it matter if you keep sinning? Because what? Because you, you're going what? You're going to heaven and say, that's a question that some people ask. When we tell people, "You believe in Jesus, you have eternal life, and you save forever," some people say, "Well, then, what would keep people from just keeping on sinning? Well, Paul raises the answer right here. Romans chapter six, verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? He says, shall we keep on sinning since God covers all our sins? And what's the answer? May it never be. How can we who what? What'd you do? You died to sin. When did you die to sin? When you believed in Jesus Christ. You died and rose again to a new life. He says, How can any of us who died to sin still live in it? And then he says these famous words. He says, "Uh, We died to sin. How can we live in it? So your little answer is, We died to sin. And so what does he go on to say? Don't you know? that all of us have been baptized into Christ, baptized into death. We died with him, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. And then as Christ was raised from the dead, so we too might walk in newness of life. We were buried, we died, we were buried, we rose again to a new life. So what do we know? We know two things, okay? We know that we're in union with Christ, he died and rose again, and we know the flesh has been put to death. That's the same two that we've talked about over here, but I put them in a different way. Number one, we died to sin. um, Number one, we died and rose again with Christ to a new life. Number two, we died to sin. flesh has been put to death. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the flesh has been put to death in your body? You know it's true because he told you it's true. And you just consider it true. And so what happens? Why is it we fail and live in the flesh and not the spirit? Because we yield to it. Because instead of saying, I don't work for you anymore, we go, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Gosh, Coach Tyler, call me again. I'll be out on the field. Should I go out on the field? No, I don't work there anymore. So let's look at it. Here's number one. We are in union with Christ. We've already talked about it. The death and resurrection. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. We died. All of us, we have trusted Christ. We've been baptized into His death. In fact, we died. When He died, we died. When He was rose, we rose. We were connected with His death. It's powerful truth, y'all. We died and rose again with Christ. And then we were buried with Him, right? And we've already gone over this, so just write this down. We died and we're buried with Him. And then, because of our connection, we died with Christ, we were buried with Him, and we're going to what? Rise with Him. And when we rise with Him, then look at this, we walk in newness of life. So, we died and rose again with Christ to a new life. We're a new creation in Christ. We do not have to listen to this because we're new people, and this is death to us. When the flesh says, Look over there. Think this. Do this. Lie. Do this. All you have to say is, I'm, I'm listen to you. I don't have to obey you. I don't have to. Now we might, but we don't have to, right? How come we don't have to? Huh? What? Why don't we have to obey the flesh? We died and rose again to a new life and the flesh has been put to death and we are to consider this fact that we're dead to this sin And we're alive in Christ. He didn't say we're dead to sins, which is personal sins. He said we're dead to the flesh. We don't have to obey it. And the flesh is dead to us. We don't have to obey it. We don't have to. We are new people in Christ. We are identified in Christ. And the big number two is the flesh has been put to death. Romans 6, 6. Look what it says, Romans 6, 6, the old self was crucified, that we're no longer slaves to sin. What's a slave? You you have to obey, right? That's what a slave is. You have to obey. Somebody owns you. He owned it up. He owns us. And then we died and rose again to a new life, and we say, guess what? I'm not that same person anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. You don't own me anymore. I died to you, and you died to me. We're through with each other. That's what we say. That's what we're supposed to say. And by the way, when it says the the old man was crucified, the w- Greek word for crucified means rendered inactive. It means it does not have the power over you. We don't have to listen. We don't have to listen. Is everybody following? Are we okay? Uh, question. The bottom of page three, number one, uh-huh. is the answer we died with Christ. Yeah, the, it's the same as the other number one. The number one and number two, we're just reviewing them. See, it says, what do we know? We know we died and rose again with Christ and we know that we uh dead to sin. So then the number one one is we know we died and rose again with Christ. And number two is we know sin is... So all we're doing is just, we put them both down and then we're going back over them. Does that make sense? Let me, get, let me go back for you. There's the two. We're in union with Christ, we died and rose again, and then the flesh has been put to death. Then we did, here's number one, we're in union with Christ, and then here's... Number two, the flesh has been put to death. That's where we are, and we're now at the basically at the top of page four, which is the number two, flesh has been put to death. Did you follow with that? Are you okay? Okay, we, we got it. Okay, so let me go back again just to make sure you got it. When we start, we said, here's the two things we know. We're in union with Christ, and the flesh has been put to death. Then we went to number one, we're in union with Christ, and we talked about that, and now we're at number two, The flesh has been put to death and we talked about the crucified and we said the word, the Greek word means to be rendered inactive. It means this can't make us do it. It can't. It doesn't have that power. Why? It's dead to us and we're dead to it. We're new people. Wow. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. And First Corinthians is actually talking not necessarily about sin, but about temptation. Okay. About, te- yeah, First Corinthians. Okay. This is the temptation aspect. The te- temptation is not sin. Because Jesus was tempted at all points, yet without sin. So temptation is not sin. But when the flesh is telling you lie, cheat, lust, what it's telling us is when the power comes, you've got the power. Because he provides the way of escape and he's given you the power to live for him. Walk in the spirit and you will not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the way you have victory. But you're right. That's a great point. Good good idea. Um, Our old self was crucified. This has already happened. I've had people say you're to crucify your flesh. Your flesh is already crucified. You don't have anything to do with it. You don't crucify it. Jesus crucified it when you died and rose again with him. Now see, do you understand that the death and resurrection of Christ is the key for everything? Because you died with Jesus when he died on the cross. You were buried with Jesus when he was buried. And you rose with Jesus to a new life. And since that's true, this has been put to death. You're alive in Christ. You're dead to sin. You can present yourself to the Holy Spirit or you can present yourself to the flesh. You don't have to present yourself to the flesh. Verse 7 For he who has died is freed from sin. How is that possible? Because you died to what? The flesh and the flesh died to what? To you, exactly. This is so powerful, y'all. This will change your life if you grasp it. Now, it may take you more than one time, and you may need to go back and go through Romans 6 yourself and put this together. Look at this right here. Christ died for me, I die with Christ. Christ prayed for my sin, the sin's power is broken. I've been saved by Christ's death. I'm also be saved by his life. He rose to a new life, I rise to a new life. That's us. So that is no. What's the two things we know? We died and rose again with Christ to a new life, and we died to sin, right? Sin's been crucified. Now we got to consider. Romans 6, 11, consider yourselves to be what? Dead to sin and alive in Christ. And by the way, the way it's written in the Greek, it says, keep on counting this is true. Keep on saying, this is what's true in my life. I am dead to sin and I'm alive in Christ. That's who I am. That's who I am. Keep on considering that. He actually says, to count this as true, you're dead to sin, You die, we die to the flesh. We're alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. That's who we are. We don't have to obey. We don't have to obey the flesh. Keep on considering this, true. We don't have to obey, here it is right here, we don't have to obey the flesh when it pulls. So when the flesh pulls you, what do you say? No, thank you. I don't work for you. Right? How many of you are tempted every day? So is this, going to be, is this going to come into your life? wonder why we don't ever hear about this. wonder why nobody ever teaches Romans chapter 6 on how to have victory in the Christian life. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. Here's a charge, very practical charge that he gives us. And he says, stop letting sin rule in your life. Verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Stop letting this rule. Because you're going to obey somebody, right? Who you going to obey? You're either going to obey God or who? Flesh. You're either going to walk in the spirit or you're going to walk in the flesh. That's what it boils down to. Years ago, Bob, anybody know who Bob Newhart is? If you're older, you'll know who Bob Newhart is. If you're younger, you've never heard of him. He was a comedian. And one night, one time he had a, uh, one of those, he was just doing like a skit. And he pretended to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And somebody came into his office and they were telling him what they were doing. And he goes, well, stop it. Quit doing it. Stop it. And it was like supposed to be a joke, but that's not really a joke. What does Paul say as far as sin in our lives? Stop it. Do we have to sin and confess it and say, hope I don't do it again? What does he say? Stop doing it. Stop putting yourself in positions where you're going to obey the flesh. Don't, as that proverb says, watch where you go, watch what you say, and watch what you look at, because you can put yourself in a situation in which you're going to fail. And he says, stop it. Stop letting sin rule your life. Stop letting it. Why? Why? Why can we stop it? Because we died to it. It died to us. We're alive in Christ. Okay. So he, he's given us this great truth. Now, we have seen that we know we died and rose again with Christ, and we're new people. We're freed from sin. We're considered counted as true. Don't let sin reign in our lives. Now, here's the third key thing, and that's present. And the word present means to yield. We present our bodies. We all know Romans 12 where it says, "I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices." It's the same word. It's the idea of present. And he gives a negative and a positive. Okay, here's the negative. Do not go on presenting or yielding the members of your body to sin. Don't give yourself to the flesh. Look what he says in verse 13. Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of what? Of what? Righteousness. Now, I want you to see something. If this is us. Let's do this. Let's draw it over for a second. make it bigger this is the body this is the soul this is the conscience this is the flesh this is the human spirit which is the new creation and this is the Holy Spirit we died to this didn't we so he says this stop presenting your members to sin to the flesh which results in what what does it say unrighteousness. Let's put unrighteousness and let's put sin. It results in sin. Personal sins. He says, stop doing this. Stop doing it. And then he says, but, but, stop presenting yourself to the flesh, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead. Are you alive from the dead? Did you die and rise again with Christ to a new life? To alive from the dead and you're members of instruments of righteousness of God. If you do this, What do you produce? Righteousness. So he says this, don't present yourself to the flesh which results in unrighteousness and sin, but present yourself to God. He just says God in that verse, but he's talking about the Holy Spirit, which ultimately results in what? Righteousness. Now that's what he's saying. So negative, don't present yourself to to the flesh. Positive, present yourself to God. That's what he's saying. Now, we have a choice every day, do we not? What choice are you going to make? you got choices all the time. Every time you sin, what choice did you make? Flesh. And when you live righteously, what choice did you make? Holy Spirit. That's what it boils down to. And Paul says, listen, you, you, you don't have to go through this. He says, present yourself to righteousness. Present yourself to God for righteousness. Now, here's what we know. We know that we died and rose again with Christ to a new life. And we're free from sin. We consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive. And we don't have to obey the flesh. And we need to present ourselves not to the flesh, but to God. And then I want you to see... Uh, what he, he talks about. He talks about death and, and that kind of thing. He says, the results, whenever we yield to, that's what we produce. If we yield to the flesh, that's sin. If we yield to God, that's victory. Romans 6, 16, look what he says. Do you not know that whenever you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are a slave to the one you obey? Either sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness. Whoever you present yourself to, that's who you're going to what? What? Say it. Serve. It's either here or here. And he says, if you present, he says, if sin results in what? When you, when you sin and unrighteousness, what does it result in? Yeah. Death. Do you know that every time you sin, you die? There's physical death that you don't die. Most time, we don't die physically when we sin. Some people do. They sin unto death. And then there's a spiritual death, which we came into this world spiritually dead, but now we're alive. There's eternal death, which only is for those people who, who have never believed in Jesus and they'll be separated. But there's what we call temporal death. As a believer, the moment we, me and you sin, we are temporally dead. We're out of fellowship with God, and we need to get back into fellowship. And so he says, if you yield to the flesh, that will be unrighteousness, sin, and death. If you yield to the Holy Spirit, there'll be righteousness and life. You want to live or you want to die? How we want to live. We yield to the flesh, results in death. It's, we, tie, we die temporally, we're out of fellowship with God. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So when we live in the flesh and we then have unrighteousness, sin, and death, we need to confess. Paul's not even dealing with it. He doesn't even say anything about confession. What does he actually say? Stop doing it. Quit doing it. Don't do it. But if we were to do it, and we yield unrighteousness, sin, and death. We need to confess it. That's why I started off with this First John 1 John 1.9. We need to confess it so we can get back in the fellowship, start living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're either going to be living in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is righteousness life, or we're going to live in the flesh, which is unrighteousness, sin, and death. That's what he talks about. And so then he gives this charge. I want you to see the charge. And it's Romans 6.19. And he says this. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Just as you presented, this is past tense, just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, which result in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. What does he actually say? Present your members, your body, and life as slaves. In the past, we did impurity, and it resulted in what? sin and lawlessness and death. Now he says, here's the charge. Present your members, your body, as servants of righteousness, service in God's power of the Holy Spirit, and it results in sanctification. That's who we are. Wow. Now, let me raise this question. Have y'all got it? Are y'all okay? Who decides what we do? We do. You know, we act like we're at the fate of just, oh, I couldn't help it. Oh, what do you mean you couldn't help it? You chose. You chose to do this. Every time I sin, I sin on purpose. Now, sometimes I'm not planning on sinning. <laughs> sometimes I just go, oh, ooh, oh, sorry. Ooh, did it. Okay? But sometimes I'm planning it. Are you pl- do you ever plan sin? Or am I, the, am I the, the bad one in here? I mean, I know I'm bad. Yeah, I'm, I am the worst. I'm, I'm, at least I'm not the worst. Paul's number one. Paul said he's the worst sinner. I'm at least number two on down, right? But the bottom line is, there are things called presumptuous sins. You know what presumptuous sins are? Sins that you plan. Sins that you do. And, and we do those. And then there's sins that we call sins couldn't help it. it it's the idea of where it says, all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, words, the, the word sin there means to miss the mark. It may even be we tried to live right and we failed. And that's different than on purpose sinning. But either one of them, what are we yielding to? The flesh. And results in sin and death. And Satan doesn't make a sin. We choose. Yeah, he doesn't. He he controls the world system. And the world system tries to affect our flesh. Pulls us. We live in a fallen world, y'all. And there's stuff out there pulling you all the time. And if you don't consciously say, I'm going to live for God, I want to live righteously, I'm going to walk in the Spirit, I want to obey the Bible, I want to look, I want to memorize, I want to do all this. If you're not constantly doing this kind of thing, you're going to be careful, you're going to watch, you're going to fall before you know it. And that's why Paul says, stop it. Stop it. Stop letting sin reign in your mortal body. Stop it. You're dead to sin, you're alive in Christ, so take your body and present the members of your body to God for victory, that's what he says. The three key words: know, consider, present. Okay, that's on. I think on the last on the last page. The three key words are: know that we died and rose again to a new life, and the flesh is put to death. Consider the fact that we died to sin and we're alive in Christ, and present ourselves to God and not to our flesh. If you want to write that in, you can. Do you think I've said it enough times tonight that you have it? It's on purpose. Uh, I ain't stupid, you know. But uh, I mean, the bottom line is what do we know? What do we know? We died We died died and rose again with Christ to a new life. That's because of the cross of Christ. And also we are dead to what? To sin. And then we consider what? Now, we count as true. That's what consider means. That we died to sin and we are alive in Christ. So therefore, then present what? Present ourselves not to the, but present ourselves to God, the Holy Spirit. If we present to the flesh, what do we get? Unrighteousness, sin, and death. If we present to God, what do we get? Righteousness, life, and sanctification is one of the words that he used. Huh? That is the Christian life. Exactly right. Do you see how the cross of Christ, his death and resurrection, and our union with him... Brings about victory. Okay, has everybody got this? Or it still writing? Okay, I'm going to give you a second to write it all. And then I'm going to put a few other things up there. Just remember, you don't have a test, so there's no worry. I consider this. The first time I ever saw this, I, I I had studied the Bible for a number of years. I went to Dallas Seminary. I'd already been, I'd already had seven semesters of Greek and five semesters of Hebrew and all the theology and everything. And I went into a class with one of my professors and I was actually his grader. I graded for him. And he said, I want you to come to this class because it's the first time I've ever taught it. And it was a, what, a, what we called a spiritual life class, a Christian life type class. He had never taught it at Dallas Seminary before. And I was in there with him. And, and he said, I'm going to show you something, guys, that you may have never seen. And he went to Romans chapter 6. And I had never seen no... Consider, present. Never. I'd never seen it. I had read through Romans many times. How many of you, as this might be new to you? Is it, none of this, everybody's heard this before? Or is it new? Is it fairly new? It's it's somewhat new. So think about this. We did that on a Thursday morning, didn't we? Or did we? That might have been the, yeah. So um, Wednesday, Friday morning, I mean. Okay, so here's what we realize. He says, you can know something you can know that because you trusted in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you're in union with him, and when he died, you died, and when he was buried, you were buried, and when he rose, you rose, and so you died and rose again, and you're a new person, and this flesh is dead to you. And so you need to consider this as true, that you're dead to sin, and you're alive in Christ. And because all of that is true, then stop presenting yourself to the flesh, which you don't have to anymore, and present yourself to the Holy Spirit, so instead of sin and death, you have righteousness and life. And Paul says, we're not even talking about sinning and confessing, we're saying don't sin. Okay. all right. you ready for this? Our union with the death and resurrection of Christ gives us the victory in our Christian lives. So when people talk about the cross of Christ, understand that the cross of Christ is not only the key for eternal life salvation, it's the key for Christian life salvation. Okay? You can write it. I'm going to be at number two up there. Number two. We know. This is what we know. That we died and rose again with Christ to a new life. And the power of sin is broken. How come we feel like the power of sin is not broken? Because what? We still yield to it. We act like... That we have to obey it. Because Tyler just called. He wants you on the field. I'm going. I thought you, I don't think you work for him. I know, but he called me. And I'm used to going. We're used to what? Sinning. Number three, we are to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Wow. Okay. We're to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ. When the flesh says, this is what we want to do. You say, oh, oh, you're dead. You're dead. I don't have to obey. We're to stop letting sin reign in our lives. We're to stop it. I know it sounds funny, but to say when somebody says, I, I'm, I'm doing that. Well, just stop it. Where do you get the power to stop it? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Exactly. We're not just saying in your, in your own natural pers- self you stop. This is your natural self. This is your spiritual self. This is your new creation self part. We're to stop letting sin rain in our lives. We are to present ourselves to God and not our flesh. And the last one I'm going to put up is probably the key one. I mean, these are all true. This is, our union is there. We died and rose again. We know it. Uh, we consider ourselves dead to sin. We're to stop letting sin reign. We're to present ourselves to God and not the flesh. We know that, right? This results in righteousness and life. This results in unrighteousness and death. And here's number six. We will serve whoever we present ourselves to. Either the flesh, resulting in sin, or God, resulting in righteousness. It's whoever we present ourselves to. That's what we're going to do.